Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals, or basically in Glee at this point. I'm your host, John, and with me today, as you kind of heard, she is one one of the co-hosts of Glee on the Rocks podcast. It's Bethany Stone, everyone. I'm sorry that I I spoiled your name. Oh, that's okay. My friends call me B, so you guys can all call me B because we're all friends now. All right, B. Um, yes. Ooh, we're besties now. Um, we're besties. We are here. Uh, so continuing on with this series, we are here to talk yes. about Glee season four. Oh boy, the next two episodes are going to be fun. <laughs> I'm so excited because actually on Glee on the Rocks, we're on season four right now. So I had already kind of like started it and watched the first episodes very closely and taken lots of notes. Um, but then I'll be honest, I procrastinated a little bit on watching all the episodes for this podcast. So today I was watching them on like 1.5 times speed, um, which was an experience um, and I'm not mad about it. Um, but yeah, I just got married last month actually in my defense. So, but season four was like the last one I watched like every week, episode by episode, <laughs> couldn't miss them. Like was a very devoted fan. So am I the only one that came finished back. it? I feel like I'm the only one that finished the series because <laughs> finished the series. Um, I, I did not watch season six live on TV. Oh, oh so I you, quit. but you have seen it. <laughs> But you I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so my two co-hosts, they started the podcast first, um, have never seen it. Um, so that's kind of like, that was always their tagline is like, we didn't watch season six either. Um, but we were all like in the Glee fandom together. So we all loved the show, but also, you know, hated the show at the same time as, mm. as we all feel. Mm-hmm. Make the mix, the mix <laughs> bag. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the show I didn't. I couldn't find the showrunner for this season. Do you know who that mm-hmm. was? Was it still I Ryan? No, actually, I feel like this is the time. I feel in my gut that this is the time that Ryan Murphy really fell off. Um, just based on he's not a writer on very many episodes. I didn't look at every single one you may have, but like I didn't see his name come up much for writing or directing for many episodes. And um, he also like this would be you know every single show he does. It's like. By season three, he's kind of tapped out. Tapped out. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm looking at it now. He directed three episodes this season. Okay. One of, them, one of them being the breakup, which we'll get to in a second. Um, <laughs> Drama. Oh, boy. So the oh, music goodness. supervisor is PJ Bloom. Uh, the first episode premiered uh, September 13th, 2012. And the last episode premiered May 9th, 2013. So season four. <laughs> season four. Yeah. Uh oh boy. Let's do a quick recap of season four. So can we even? <laughs> I I broke it up into two we'll parts. Try. I broke it up into two parts. There's Glee the College Years and Glee the New the Next Generation, basically. Yes. So in the college years, you have Rachel and eventually okay. Also, side note. So mm-hmm. You said that you're, as we're recording this, you are talking about season four of yes. Glee. 
I'm doing all of this from memory. I didn't rewatch. A you didn't rewatch anything. That's no. Incredible. Wait, how many times had you seen it before now? Like, have are we? Were you like a person who liked to rewatch it? Yes. Okay. No, that like I could do a, a, <laughs> an off the cuff podcast on several shows, just not Glee. Glee was not my comfort show to rewatch because it hurt me too deeply. You know, it, it's but not that's just my com- personal thing. <laughs> it's not a comfort show, but it is a show where. I've watched it so many times, not just for comfort, but just, I, I don't know if it's for comfort or just because like I needed something in the background kind of a yeah, thing. It's a great background show. It is a great background show. Except and when now, you're like four episodes have gone by and you're like, wait, who's dating who now? <laughs> let me pull happen? my, let me pull my chart out. Uh, Literally. <laughs> okay. So Glee, the college years. Yes. Rachel and eventually Kurt move to New York City so Rachel can go to Niada, which is a riff off of AMDA, a mm. real school in New York City. And, well, uh, sorry, a real school in the world because there's, I believe, a New York campus, a uh, LA campus, and then there's Lambda in London, which is the London Academy. Blah, 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 blah. Gotcha. I didn't know it was based on a real school. Loosely based. Well, of course, loosely. <laughs> <laughs> this, as everything in the Gleeverse does, Niata really operates by its own rules. As I, when I was rewatching, I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler since we're talking about it, but um, they allow the Dean to just have her own showcase where she just picks whoever she wants to sing, including someone who doesn't even go to Niata. She can just pull someone up from the crowd. Come mm-hmm. on, we're yep. going to have an intermission and then you're going to sing. Okay. Uh, Kurt eventually. Kurt eventually gets a job at Vogue.com, which I believe is real. Is real a real thing? Vogue.com? That's a good question. Vogue definitely has a website, but are they a separate entity? Probably not. Well, maybe because they might publish uh, articles on there or something, but he's more, it's kind of like the Devil Wears Prada, but like with a nice boss. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. So uh, we are then we are inter- also introduced to a, uh, some new characters in New York. We get Cassandra July, who is kind of like Rachel's nemesis, but also dance teacher. Brody Weston, who is the straight boy, quote <laughs> at Niata. We that, needed one token straight. <laughs> yes, that Rachel. They date, right? Or yes, yeah, okay. I don't. I They're know they like, sleep together, but I don't know if they actually are official like boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah, he's around for a long time. He's like through the whole season, pretty oh, much. Boy, I. Mm. I know you blocked out a lot of it. Same, because I, I was waiting for one particular song to come up, and then it was like in like Took the twentieth episode or something, and I was like, oh. And then uh, Santana eventually joins them, you know, adding some spice to it. And um, she crashes at Kurt and Rachel's uh, place, which is non-existent, um, after she drops out of college to pursue her dreams of becoming a star. Actress, star, something. She wants to... Famous. Famous. (laughs) I think is it. Uh, And then with the Glee, the next generation, which is basically the high back at high school... Um, Unique joins New Directions, so welcome to the cast, Unique, uh, after transferring to McKinley High School, and then also fights with Tina, Brittany, and Blaine to become, like, the new star of the Glee Club, the new, or as the first episode calls it, the new Rachel. Yes. 
Uh, new members, Marley Rose, Jake Puckerman, Ryder Lynn, and Kitty Wild stumble their way through the new directions. And recent graduates make guest appearance throughout the season to help out the Glee Club. Uh, and then Mr. Schuster hires Finn to coach them, be a co-coach. Yeah. I when I was rewriting this, I honestly forgot why he leaves. Is it because of the show that he that he sets up in season three? Oh, you mean like what happened? So at the end of in the season, universe, yes, yeah, yeah. So at the end of season three, you know, he puts Rachel on the train and he's like, "Go to New oh, York." Oh no, no, I meant I meant Will. Will Schuster. Oh, Will. Oh yeah, he wins because they win nationals. He gets on like this national arts council something. It, it was the logic was kind of wavery. Sorry. Um, yes. So he like goes to Washington for like half the season, but I don't know what was Maddie Fresh really doing. He must have been on Broadway at the time or something, or. Or taking time off. That he wasn't finding signing them finding the Neverland. Why did I stutter for oh, that? Trying to say that yes, was that when he was probably, in Finding Neverland? Maybe. Probably. Possibly so. Um, so okay. I'm gonna just start off. How did you get into Glee? Okay, so I was in show choir in high school. So like mm. middle school, high school, loved it. And I remember people telling me. Um, that I would love Glee. And then, so Glee started in 20, 2009, 2009. like that. So I would have been in high school at the time, not to date myself too much, but um, <laughs> like, you just don't say what year you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in high school at the time. So um, actually didn't start watching until I was in college. Um, I don't remember why reasons, uh, but I remember getting like the DVDs and just watching them. This is like before streaming was super a thing, but I bought the DVDs and I watched it and I just was obsessed. And I, there's like old Facebook statuses from where I was getting into Glee, where I was like talking about it in my Facebook status, very like 2000, probably 2011 at this point. Um, embarrassing. I love when they come up though, because I get to like show my podcast co-host, like, look, here's what embarrassing like Glee fan me was doing. And so I think what really solidified my excitement about the show though was fandom. So I found Tumblr because of Glee. Like I, I got a Tumblr so I could like blog about Glee specifically and then made friends and I wrote fic and used to you wrote some fanfic. Yes, I did. It's still up there. I'm pretty proud of it. Some of it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I wrote fan fiction, uh, stayed up all night at like, uh, you know, with when they were filming and we would like stay up all night to get like the updates and what was happening. So like, I remember the night they filmed um, while well, I was a big fan of Chris and Darren. So the bit, the night they filmed like the breakup scene where they're in Battery Park stayed up all night to get the updates of what was happening um the ice skating riot uh, from this season's christmas episode i literally like took a like a incomplete on an assignment because i just like couldn't tear myself away from tumblr long enough <laughs> to like to finish my homework because i was like so like i needed every drop because like at this point curtain blade were breaking up and we were all devastated and pissed at ryan murphy so I was, I'm telling you, I was deep in the Clay fandom. So what's been really cool about, <clears throat> first of all, being a part of Glee on the Rocks is awesome because Mandy and Emily, we all knew each other back then and we've like stayed friends. And so it's cool to kind of like have that duality of like now and then. And also we watched the show originally with just like Clay goggles. Like we were like counting kisses to that point, you know, where we were just like really 
invested in this couple and less so in the show. So it's been cool to go back and watch it for the other characters and actually liked the newbies in season four much more this time than I did the first time watching. So my God. Yes. Yeah. Like I was like, like okay. Melissa Benoist. Yes. Um, amazing. Is that how you say her name? I always Benoist. said Benoist, but I've never actually heard anybody say it out loud. So we'll just commit. Great. To Benoist. I, I like it. I, I, okay. So with her character yeah. this season, mm-hmm. A, she's super skinny, real thin. I know. So when Kitty, uh, we're going right into it then. Yeah, let's get into it because I think the newbies is a great place to start because that's what I think really sets season four apart. I mean, besides the New York thing, of course, but on the McKinley side, like, right. That's really the thing of season four. So when Kitty starts like gaslighting her to make her think that she's gaining weight. I'm like, I look at this, I, I, when I rewatch it, uh, I'm always just like, but like, I know that everyone has issues with their body. Right. That's, that's a bold statement. And it's a true statement. Like, you know, whether it's like a society, you know, like, right. Yeah. So the fact though, that she's gaining weight, but like her street clothes are still the same, fitting the same Mm -hmm. made me question things. Um, but also like, I also liked how her mom was very supportive. Love Marley's Um, mom. Marley's mom is equivalent to Bert Hummel. Yes. Can I say that? Is that absolutely? We've said that on the podcast. So absolutely. She's a Bert Hummel type parent, which we need more of. Yes. In the world. Cause you know, especially ugly. Cause you know, um, they live in they live in Ohio, so it's yes. not a big city. It's not like New York or LA or something. So like the fact that um Mrs. Rose. Oh, I don't know if that's her uh, yeah, I don't think she has name. a name. No, uh, I don't know. Marley's mom is very much like you're gonna be a star, and it's very earnest. It's not like yeah. you know, stage mommy or anything. But like the way that the way that they treat Marley this season is just so all over the place. Like uh-huh. I say that, I, I say that about Quinn. Like mm-hmm. when, once she had that baby, they yeah. had enough, they didn't know how to write her. So I feel like with a, a lot of these, with these new people too, like they were like, Ooh, let's just do a, another love triangle. That'll be fine. And then, um, you know, we'll have it's, everyone. And then it's a love quadrangle. It's, Ryder comes in and it's like, Oh, <laughs> It, it's a it's a it's a love amoeba <laughs> on everyone on glee on the rocks they this was in season one before i joined as a host but um they used to call it the blob the like quinn finn rachel <laughs> whoever uh, like the blob because Mer- it was just no longer a shape and, mercedes yeah. santana blah blah it's, blah yes exactly now it's like blob 2.0 oh my it, like older pucker men gets in it for a time i'd forgotten that it's weird uh, uh. This, this show is, <laughs> I know they just throw everything at the wall and just the show is so messy and I love it and hate it at the same time. Um okay, so we talked about Marley, Jacob, Jake yes. Puckerman. Which, which what a what a twist when they were like, Oh, he's a Puckerman. I was like, Oh, that's an interesting, interesting idea, interesting concept. But then cool. it was it, it's another reason for Puck to come back right, so often exactly. as, he, as often as he did yeah well, okay so right off the bat how did you feel about the returning 
cast members. It was like a double-edged sword sometimes because it's like I of course wanted to like see them and like know what was going on with them because like I love that's always been a thing for me with Glee too is like I always loved the cast members like I still follow most of them on social media and like keep up with their projects and stuff sorry my cats are in here acting a fool Um, Uh, I'm keeping it I'm keeping that (laughs) okay great um that was Louisa Uh, I have three so two of them are in here um yeah so I love Sadie's came and like brought the house down with a solo. I'm like, yeah, I love her. And I love Amber Riley and her talent is so great. And I want her on this show, but it's like, they, Glee like couldn't decide what they wanted, I guess. Cause at the end of season three, they sent all these characters away, like on purpose was like, oh, they're in LA, they're in Chicago, they're in New York, like sent them very far, which I mean, good for them because I grew up in a small town in Alabama and I know how people never leave. So, you know, amazing that so many of these people actually left Ohio, but then yet they're always back in Ohio. So I don't know, (laughs) Glee like just didn't know what they wanted to do. And so they just kind of hand waved it. And there's a scene actually, which I happened to catch in my hyper binge of the season today where Sue like points it out as a joke is like yeah all these yes. you must be teleporting back and forth with how often you're back here and I'm like yeah it was completely absurd that they did that um but I was actually really excited I didn't realize how much Harry Shum Jr. came back he has so few lines but he's always there like dancing <laughs> like choreographing throughout the whole season so I was like oh I forgot that he was there so much and then they and then um Usually, whenever they visit the high school, they then stop by the New York apartment, which I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, or or you, the audience too. <laughs> A lot of my high school friends, I don't talk to them anymore. No, not Grant, at all. Granted, it's been ooh, I don't know how long. I can't do math right now. It's over ten years. Let's put it that yeah. way. Uh, but like the year after I graduated, I, I, I was like ready. I was in college and I was moving mm-hmm. on. Uh, there was, I had a core group of people I stuck to like, th- like they do, but like we weren't as close because a lot right. of my friends were a year younger than me. So it'd be like, mm-hmm. so I would be like Rachel and then my friends would be like the Tina's already right. mm-hmm. not necessarily Britney per se, but like also Britney because she's still in high school. Right. But like I was in my own little world. So yeah. I didn't go back to, I I went to school eight, like 10 hours away. I didn't go back every weekend just to be like, yeah. oh, hey, chorus, 100%. let's talk. And I think it goes to show that there's no way any of the main writers or showrunners went to college TBH. Like maybe they did, but I just mean like in my head, like, and maybe this is a quintessential like queer experience. But then again, a lot of the rise are queer. So I don't know. But I just think when I went to college, I really became my true self. I was, I'm a completely different person now than I was in high school. And that is true. I think for most people, not all people, but most people, because in high school, you're worried about fitting in and you're worried about what your parents think of you. And you're worried about, you know, these people who have known you since birth, having an impression of you and thinking the right things about you dressing the right way, not getting made fun of in the hallways. Right. Then you go to college. People don't give a shit. They're sleeping on the floor in the library and they don't care. You know, you like, wear pajamas you, to you class. Wear pajamas. Exactly. Like, you know, you wear ridiculous, like costumes and stuff for, for events. And like, 
um, you know, pledges are singing and dancing in the courtyard. Like it's just a free for all. And everybody gets that chance to like really grow into themselves and like have self-expression without judgment. And, uh, we don't see that at all from anybody who's like in the college age bracket, um, which, you know, also means leaving the high school you came from and no longer visiting all the time. And I'm like, of course, this is all through the lens of like these people trying to run a TV show and get people to watch it. So I I get that, but um, I really do think the approach, it was very wishy-washy and it continues to be so through season five and six, where it's like, they couldn't really decide what they wanted to do. And they kept going back and forth. Do we go to New York? Do we go to Ohio? Do we have everybody at McKinley or do we like have these people like actually pursuing their dreams? Right. And so they did both. And it just was like, you couldn't really suspend your disbelief so much so with this season would you wish that it was just the new class or did you want to see more of Rachel's storyline I think I know the answer but I want to hear it (laughs) um can I pick like option c because I think the problem for me is that they introduce these newbies so then Tina Brittany Blaine Sam they don't get as many storylines because these newbies have to get storylines every single episode and I feel like Glee sacrificed these older characters for the new ones, because it's like, okay, these are new characters. We got to make sure people know what they're about and people like them and all this stuff. And it's like, man, must felt like, I mean, I'm projecting, I'm sure, but it must've felt like such a slap in the face to all these people who'd been there for years and years. And now they're background characters to these newbies for what? Like, and then the newbies are gone. Like in season six, they just, well, you know? well I just imagine, I, I mean, in this scenario, I just imagine Tina and the, like smoking a cigarette, just being like, welcome to the club bitches. And, then, <laughs> and at the end of season three, they have the whole thing where they're like, Tina, your moment is coming. Like, don't worry. And then they fuck her over again. And I'm like, I can't imagine. She gets more, she does get more stuff to do this season though comparatively like she's not an she's not the a plot in any episode maybe one she's the a plot and it's like when she's vapo raping blaine so it's like not even a good like tina storyline but you know what um okay he has a she has a tony and other people in the show do not so um and that's that oh true she does she does Uh, have a tony so uh okay so anyways my my option is c the kids at mckinley who were seniors should have had way more storylines and been at the front and they could have brought in new people but they should have been supporting characters instead of the main fucking cast um but i think glee always falls back on this thing which is like we're a show about underdogs so we just need a new set of underdogs and we need to like change the circumstances so we're underdogs again and like it's a little cyclical uh, do you think they should have critical. followed? Do you think they should have followed Saved by the Bell though, where they're like, but they like all went to new cast. No, no, no. It's like new oh. cast, college years, separate shows. Because mm. uh, you know, then you can get all of uh, you. It could they can make it a crossover, event, right? You know? Like uh, yeah, like um, CW does with all their like superhero shows. It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which stars Melissa Benoist. <laughs> exactly. And then I wouldn't have been as bitter probably because then there would have been a full hour between the newbies and the people still at McKinley and not half an hour that then had to get like divided. Half um, an hour. That's generous. Not even. Yeah, I know. But um, so I guess it's like 40 minutes without commercials. So if 20 of it is New York, 
and 20 of it's McKinley. Then you have to uh, chop up that McKinley time between all the people there. Like, you, you, know. you obviously weren't paying attention when you did the 1.5 speed because a lot of, a lot of these episodes are focused on New York and yeah. it's like, Oh um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not 50, 50 per episode, but I feel like overall the season, they tried to keep it balanced overall. Maybe it felt like it to me, but you know, they, they did, five times speed. <laughs> they, they do try, but like, if you had to like look at the overall season, I would mm-hmm. say it's like 70% in New York, 30% in uh, Ohio. Oh, interesting. I, I may, there was just I, so much kitty marley jake stuff like it just kept going like i was surprised i would go to the next episode and they're still having their thing and i'm like you guys i thought we figured this out already like i don't know okay, and the writer so, came in there so then he was like another live triangle the other way but was this also the not that there's not the gems in this season like it, it, this season wasn't terrible i think it is better than five and six personally um but i haven't rewatched five and six in a while um but yeah Five, you Not mean, to be totally negative. <laughs> you, you mean 4.5, which... Yeah, exactly. Which I'd forgotten. You know, I got to the end. I was like, regionals is the last episode? That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, they did that like time dilation thing where, where it's like, everything stopped making any sense at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I'm so glad that they don't have real teenagers on this show because, oh boy, they would have grown up. Um, okay, so we did... <sighs> We, we kind of didn't talk about Jake as much as we did about other. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. We tangented, um, but Jake, mm-hmm. Podca- he's a podcasting. great dancer. Yeah, he is a great dancer. just chit-chatting. <laughs> he's a great dancer. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Jacob Artist is amazing. Like he actually is a really good singer, really talented dancer. Like I like him as a person. I feel like though they wrote his songs maybe a little too high for him, mm-hmm. like on a music level. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he sounds a little like straining Kermit the Frog e kind of mm-hmm. and it's like you have he is a he is a triple threat as you said so like you got like the way that they treated Corey Monteith for three and a half seasons you know right. they couldn't really find his voice right mm-hmm. <sighs> very true what's they wrong just like throw you? a bunch of different genres and pitches and keys and are like mm, one of these will work yeah, yeah, yeah. right Okay, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Yes. Writer comes in on episode five? Yes. What? Well, okay, so Blake Jenner, no no relation. Or as to, we call him uh, Jake Blenner overall. Jake, Jake, <laughs> on the rocks. Jake Blenner. Jake Blenner. Uh, he won season two of the glee project yes which we'll which get is to that at some fucking point. staggering yeah <laughs> uh but he shows okay. up he shows up as a another as a, as a fin type mm-hmm. as he's a literally wolf. singing in the shower isn't he like he's a fin type i said of course yeah and then all these newbies are very much modeled after an oldie but like or two <laughs> i feel like it's him and Marley are both transfer students. Mm. Okay. Or because I, I can't remember if Marley is a transfer student or not. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I blitzed right through the Blake Jenner part. <laughs> Blake Jenner Blake Jenner is a terrible person and that colors my viewing of the season, oh. I will say. Um and we can talk about, you know, him and Melissa were married. They were and they divorced, married? and then she accused him of um I don't know what the tech- domestic violence 
Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. News mm-hmm. to me. I, yeah. I, I was not really in the fandom of Glee. I liked the shows. I downloaded, I bought all the music and everything, but I didn't like go on the message boards or do yeah. like deep dives as a lot of. <laughs> so. This has been pretty recent that she came forward, like to talk about it. They were married though, like very quickly after they started Glee together. So like they started, then they met in these roles and then they got married, like, I don't know, like six months later, some, some ridiculously short amount and then divorced like a couple years later. And then, yeah, she just recently like talked about the abuse. So yeah. I also, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty, not to put too fine a point on it. He's a pretty generic run of the mill like, I don't think he's anything special also. I never thought he was. So then I found out he's a terrible person and I was like, you know. No, yeah, fuck him. So. But um, um, Ryder was a transfer. I just found it on the Wikipedia. So yeah, he and Marley I, were both transfers. Yes. I, I knew he was a transfer. I couldn't yeah. remember if she Marley was because well. she got bullied at her other school because of her mom, which is like right. one of the, oh. I think, more head scratching plot points in this season. I was like, I <laughs> kids are cruel. I know they are. But like to bully a kid out of school just for her mom being a fat lunch lady is just like seems extreme. I mean, uh, they could have just they could have just left it as like her mom got a new job and they had to. Yeah. Move. Yeah. I don't know why they made it this like trauma storyline. So st- or like just sit, or if they wanted some sort of trauma, be like. Her and uh, her mom and her dad uh, divorced right. and the mom moved and that's it. Right. Or maybe she so. lost her job and like this is her first job in a while or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. And, and then we get to Kitty. Yes. Who I always thought was so entertaining. Like she as a character is fun to watch, but they give yes. her all these horrifying storylines. She yes. bullies Marley into an eating disorder. She dates older Puckerman for a few episodes. I'm just like, girl, what are you doing this season? Because then I feel yes. like I don't know what happens in next season. I forgot. But I feel like she at- was dating Noah. I was like, what the fuck? She's like 15. I feel like at the end of this season and into next season, they mellow her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And much like how you said, Sue makes commentary on like the show. Yeah. Her character, Kitty's character, I think even in this season makes commentary on the show, especially like, ooh, is it the Thanksgiving episode where, mm. you know, part part of the Glee, uh, former Glee members come in and they're like, and she's like, what's with you guys always showing up here? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the season. I can't remember. No, that would make sense. Yeah. Because there's like extra of them that episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, um, uh, okay. So what uh, okay uh i don't know where i'm going with this because we're free-forming we're free-forming we're free-forming we're just chit-chatting uh okay oh K- kate hudson yes is amazing cassandra just, like, let's start there she's so good yes. she's i never expected kate a great dancer and singer just didn't know you know my frame of reference for kate hudson at this point in my life was like rom-coms and then she mm-hmm. busts out and she's like so athletic and so saucy like her character is so mean and she does a really good job portraying it so like I was just floored by just like the person that Kate Hudson is I was like oh I would have not thought of her in this role and she kills it Cassandra calls 
uh, Rachel Schwimmer all Schwimmer the time. all the time. She doesn't call her anything else, but fucking Schwimmer. <laughs> I, th- I think maybe like the first episode is when she actually says Rachel's name. But then after that, it's like Schwimmer all the time. Schwimmer. And it's so rude and like she's horrible and it's like and okay so like her and kitty are both like high camp but also so while while you said kitty is does devastating things right uh cassandra says devastating things and you're like what is this show anymore i know i feel like it's like um i mean i'm it's not a secret that i'm not rachel berry's biggest fan we'll start there but when who has not wanted to like cut Rachel Berry down to size a little bit like just been like you're not that great like you just need to understand that like your talent did that's true but like you're not God's gift to this earth and so I was always like yes Cassie like put her in her place let her know and then Cassie goes over it with like a line you're like oh you went too far you pull back yeah yeah (laughs) I mean I'm sure Leah Michelle didn't appreciate it because this is classically like playing on their actors insecurities like she's not a great dancer and we all know this like she's never been the dancer in the group she she could like hold down the fort but she's no Britney or anything when it comes to dancing and you can see in the dance like the dance um, sequences in the dance um, class that she's not the most talented out there, but she's trying really hard. Um, Which is hilarious though, because in past seasons, they say that she's dance, she's ballet right, she's trained like or something. dance her whole life. Yeah. And then they kind of, they kind of fucked up with that one, I guess. Cause then you get to this and she's like, or maybe it's just like small town, Ohio. The stakes aren't very high. Like I took dance lessons uh... in my small town, Alabama. And like the best dancer was like, you know, there might be one person who like goes on to dance professionally, but everybody else was just mm. having a good time. Mm, <laughs> I took 13 years it. of dance and I don't dance now for sure. So <laughs> maybe realistic. I don't know. But, oh my God. Oh, this, this season. I think my only wild. beef with Cassie July is the plot progression of it. It's just kind of like, she's really mean. She's really mean. She's really mean. She's really mean. There's really no change. She sleeps with Brody at one point. Did you remember that? I do she remember like, that. Yeah. I was I, I was like, I, damn, I forgot she did that. That's fucking cold. And then all of a sudden at the end, she's like, you're great. And I was just challenging you. I mean, she, she doesn't have that tone to it, but she, you know, she's like, surprise, I, I support you. And I think you're great. And I was just like, ah, so just didn't really feel like a plot line, you know, that this is the season is it because so there was there was an episode this season I remember I don't remember which episode it is but like uh before Rachel auditions for Funny Girl there's another play or something that she yeah, wants she to audition for. Yeah, she gets like her for. first off Broadway audition. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they say what it is. They're just like, oh, it's some off Broadway news. But thing. then she's like, she goes to Cassie and she's like, they're also auditioning for the role of the mother. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. And wrong. she's like, you should get back out there. Like she, yeah, she's not. No. And then that's when Cassie is like, you need a teacher's permission to yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. I think Rachel sometimes gives Cassie like her own medicine, but like every time she either immediately backs down <laughs> and is like no I didn't like mean it that way or like eh. which I mean as you should because you're a student and she's a teacher like it sucks but you know you still have that relationship and you can't just go around like shit talking your teacher like that's not gonna fly uh, um no. but yeah 
But there's also times where Rachel just says something and Cassie just like snaps and it wasn't a big deal. Like she gets like a sip of water or something in the middle of class. And she's like, how dare you? Your stamina is terrible and all this stuff. And I was just like, whoa, (laughs) that's like a little extreme. I don't know. Yeah. She just antagonizes Rachel. But once again, who doesn't want to do that? Just once in a while. We all just want to bitch slap her a little bit. And, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Brody's just there. Anyway, uh <laughs> Brody's also Brody, they really were just like, well, we'll just sprinkle Brody in, like oh, we're doing a show about being naked, so he'll just be naked scene. Like they really did, they're just like, where can we sprinkle Brody in this episode? Like, okay, okay. So we kind of teased it. I I was gonna wait until next episode to talk about some specific episodes, but like okay, let's talk about the breakup the episode we have to because it's iconic i fucking conic it is (sighs) because it's the one where clay breaks up and finchel finchel breaks up and britanna breaks up they all break up because they they had been teasing before wait britanna breaks up too this is this is (laughs) sorry to break this news to you like this oh right but they're (laughs) but they're there's um, this like more mutual the other two are like horribly scarred because <laughs> you know okay oh right right because right um, um santana sings mine lesbian iconic moment and then she like is just like Brittany. we don't see each other enough even though they're literally seeing each other right then and you know long there, distance is hard yeah there there's well because um santana isn't back back yet to do Gleese, I almost said Gleese. Grease yet, right? Yeah. That's yeah, that's a few episodes. She doesn't know at the time, I guess, that she'll be back for it. I got I would hope not. That's only like two episodes later. But right after the breakup, there was like a month hiatus. So it's really like six weeks later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's some you know in the Glee universe. Yeah, Yeah. there's like at some time. I do I yes, I do remember there's a moment during the performance of Grease that um Brittany and Santana have like a little heart to heart where it's yeah. still like it's painful to see you but I'm so happy to see you yeah kind of a thing they stay on pretty good terms throughout the season until Brittany starts dating Sam we don't have to talk about that now but I'd for also forgot about that and I was like I don't like it I don't like it I don't like it because then they like it. they pretend get they get married kind of or whatever oh yeah the like apocalypse yeah but yeah okay <laughs> anyways backing up the breakup <laughs> don't speak is i know the best performance this season i'm going to say I, it like there are there are other really good songs this season as a whole mm-hmm. don't speak mm-hmm. incredible my mind was exploding that they picked that song yeah. First of all, because mm-hmm. I love No Doubt. It's not their usual like go-to no. genre at all, but it works so well. It mm-hmm. works so well. Four-part harmony. Yes. Ish, ish, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or four, at least four voices. And you're just sitting there like, this works so perfect. And then you see them uh, with the mirror images yes. with- I was going to say the cinematography. Yes. They had them like sit um, like- on the fountain but like facing different ways oh so cool and then in the bed where the one turns and then another turns and you're just like oh my god and the fact the drama the fact like okay uh britney and santana's 
breakup, like you said, a little soft. But right. like, you know, it's one of Brit- uh, Santana's numerous visits to McKinley High School at that point. Right. Uh, but like Blaine and Finn take a trip from Ohio to New York to go see their significant others. And it's well, this like, is also like Finn, this is his first time showing up since he dropped her off at the train station because he went to join the army and then disappeared for like three months. And she'd been trying to contact him and he had just been like not replying. And it turns out he tells her that he was like backpacking around Georgia. Yeah. Glee's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, so he just like shows up and she's like, um, hello, a strange person I used to love. The fuck? Like it's crazy, but she didn't sleep with Brody yet. Does that happen? Uh, like, no, the but they had episode. been like kissing, like well, they almost kissing. I think they kiss. Something. I think they kiss or like have one date, like right before this. Yeah, and then uh, Blaine cheats <sighs> on Kurt, which is ridiculous because he's like, um, he 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 like has these phone calls with Kurt where Kurt's like busy, and he's like, I'm literally breaking down. Like I need to see you, and then cheats on him and then immediately flies to new york and i'm like why not just cut out the cheating and just fly to new york i don't understand why the cheating needed to happen in this storyline especially because blaine's the one okay well this is just a glee issue but blaine's the one who freaked out in season three when kurt was texting that guy from between the sheets you know and now blaine's the one cheating right it's a little we in the clane fandom just like immediately rejected that we were like that's so out of character fuck that (laughs) there's just no way it doesn't make any sense but like if memory memory serves the rest of this Mm -hmm. season they're on like friendly terms yeah and they hook up a couple times but they're like not a couple right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but kurt's like we're not together welcome to the game and blaine's like we're gonna be together and kurt's like we're not together but they're like yeah yeah definitely it, close friends mm-hmm. oh my god that but then at the end you know blaine's like planning to propose so like that's the whole thing anyways <laughs> but like and even before then he has that teenage dream moment yes which that song <sighs> okay so, acoustic version like just oh, yes I can't. <laughs> it's it's also a little manic yeah. too mm-hmm. where we're going on this emotion like Usually, um, when they perform the songs, you know, you see that they move around and everything and you go on the journey with them. But I mean, he's sitting at a piano just playing it. So this was the first song they ever recorded live. He sang it and played the piano live. And that was a recording that they put on Apple iTunes and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. There Mm -hmm. we go. There's the thing. Because season one was Ride With Me. That, oh, that's yeah. the only one Iconic. That they oh yeah by. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but yeah this one was like they did it on purpose and then took that you know that was the recording was the one he did live um it was which is pretty cool Darren uh, supremacy I wore my my shirt oh this is so vintage you- it's very vintage <laughs> listen up to her um circa I don't know 2013 <laughs> so like uh, <laughs> so during the season actually yeah. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> basically yeah i think it was 2013 yeah and then i'm in nashville <laughs> uh did we miss he did teenage kid? dream that was his uh second <laughs> encore of course naturally and then we have sarah jessica parker making mm. uh a Queen. guest appearance She's in a few episodes here and there. She's like in four or five at the beginning. And then she comes back at the end, which I'd forgotten. Cause I'm um, Kurt 
he was at vogue.com the whole time <laughs> surprise right but you never really see him at work and if you exactly. see him at work that's when she's there too yeah but exactly she, you see I him at work she, a lot in the beginning and then like one more episode they're like oh yeah he's still there don't worry <laughs> is this also this is the season though where he has like a second audition to get into yes. niata and he gets it yes by when i was talking about earlier it's like the winter showcase and <laughs> rachel got the chance the invitation which freshmen hardly ever get the invitation so it's a big deal and then yeah Carmen Thibodeau is like oh Mr. Hummel you're gonna come up and sing for us and then he's like oh fuck <laughs> and he he sings being alive and it's amazing one of my favorite Chris solos do you remember being alive he actually sings yes. it in like a low register and it's so good and powerful and emotional well, because, okay, so when, when Chris Colfer started the series, he was actually, like, closer to the character's ages. Yeah, he was a baby. He was, like, 18 or 19. Right. So, I think after th- four years, three years of singing everything, your voice is going to change a little yeah. bit. Uh, plus, you know, I, the way, I, I know, I don't, the way that they did the show is insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they would... Yes recording and learning choreography and uh, yeah wild film, film an episode a week like start to finish you know with all the rehearsals and heard they and would everything. they would be like overlapping episodes too so they'd be like doing scenes out of order and like dances out of order and stuff wild so i'm glad that he is singing in a lower register because mm-hmm. i mean he has a great falsetto but like doing being alive in the lower register is just what is needed i can't amazing. i can't picture him doing like you know the mr cellophane note where he flips his hair out yeah. or any of the other high notes that he hits in the show amazing but at the same time i'm like you can't do that with being alive sorry comp- company is my my show <laughs> yeah no well, i uh, i think i hope you think he did it justice because like i said that's just one of my favorite solos and i think chris actually advocated you know, I was a big Chris fan, still am. I think Chris actually advocated to do it in the lower register because I think the showrunners really love to give him like songs in a more like, you know, soprano, uh-huh. alto soprano like register on purpose. But it was like he wanted that for the song and um, also to show off his range. Like he has a really amazing range. Like he can do pretty much anything. I will cool. say this now. I am surprised he's not in more musical based projects though he's what 30 so like he said he really doesn't like his own singing voice which is like really sad I think I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's because he got made fun of you know for having such a high voice or whatever but yeah he I, just I, recently did like a little like one night only thing for a fundraiser and sang oh. which was like the first time I'd heard him sing in like five years I get it after six years of singing non-stop yeah. and dancing a break is needed, but like, it's been a while, Chris. Yeah, Carter. it was really cool to see him. He just did like, yeah, it was a benefit concert for like the theater company that he performed in when he was like a little kid and like got him into acting. Oh, that's so really sweet. sweet. I know. So he like emceed and he like sang um, and like worked with the kids who performed. It was super sweet. He's a good person. So we did talk about her, but like I do, since we're talking about like singing and everything, yeah. mm-hmm. Melissa Benoist. Yes. Fucking love her i'm uh, um adore her i know you're a little upset that like they focus too much on her and not on like the ensemble 
But like the songs that they give her. I think are- I think my main beef is just that the newbies like they're they have a lot of focus and also their storylines I just think are not as compelling or they're you know they're a little after school specially but Glee has always suffered from that um but because I think it's so I know <laughs> Melissa has so much more like range than that and yes she is such an amazing singer and like a really great performer I actually just watched like at the end of my little hyper binge I watched them do for the longest time and she had the little part where it's like time and she was just like really selling it and she's like in the background just like clearly having a really great time and yeah she sold me in britney 2.0 when yeah. she sang um every time every time mm-hmm. yeah yep. so good that's the best performance in that episode by far i really don't like the britney songs they picked but that one very good um but yeah i also loved her singing um fuck what the look at me at sandra d reprise i have yes. a I have a deep visceral reaction to that song in the movie Mm -hmm. of Greece. And when I see her do it, I had the same deep visceral reaction where it's like, cause you know, okay. So in the, I think I talked, I covered Greece so long ago. I don't remember what I said, but I think one of my favorite musicals though, like as a kid growing up in the middle of nowhere, like having access to musicals that were movies was like really transformative to me. So like, I watched Grease over and over again so many times as a kid. So I hey, love that they did it. Uh, same. I watched the sh- I watched that movie nonstop as a child. Yeah, probably shouldn't have if you really think about it. I know it's but, like way too mature for children, but I was same. But like later in life, uh, when I whenever I would rewatch it, when they get to look at me, I'm Sandra D. Especially at the end of it, when she says when she sings goodbye to Sandra D. I am ugly crying so hard that I, um, it's, I made, I made this joke a while ago. I'm ugly crying so hard that I'm waiting for my Oscar. Uh, yes. <laughs> so when Marley sings it though, it hits the same chord, but a little differently mm-hmm. because it's not that she's, you know, going to be the, um, she's trying to like bring out another side of her, but it, I, I honestly don't remember Gle- the episode Gleese that much, but like, I just watched it. So it's like, she's crying and like trying to make herself throw up actually fucking kitty and Ryder finds her in the bathroom. And he's like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, stop that. Like you're amazing and you're going to be amazing. And like, you don't need to change at all. Just like go do it like go be sandy and she sing, and then he leaves and like she sings the reprise and it's like like what she needed to hear at the time right. and like you really see her like coming back into herself and kind of so, snapping out of like you know doing what she thought other people wanted her to do so she's yeah. saying not like goodbye to my old old self but like hello to who yeah. i am in a way mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they kind of like flipped the script, which is really cool because that is probably the worst part of Greece is like all you need to do to get a man is change everything that you are, you know. Change um, yourself for a man. Yeah. And I think that was cool that they they had that scene in there where it's like a guy telling her, like, be who you are. Um, and that's what's the most powerful thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like we kind of talked about 
we didn't really talk about um as much <laughs> of the returning cast members in the yeah. club so it's because they don't have very many storylines i swear <laughs> or at least that's how it felt <laughs> true because they're well i i think you are right in saying that they're not the a storylines they are always yeah. like the b or c or even d storylines yeah. um except for Brittany. I think Brittany, yeah, Brittany has gets a little quite a few, more. like, yeah. They kind of make up for that first season, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. Their treatment of Brittany is just like, I mean, their treatment of so many characters is chaotic, but that specifically is like, it's all the infantilization of her just gets really, really old. So it's like where they go in this season is like wildly unexpected. Okay. So she is left back because she's failed basically every class. Which is um, absolutely insane. You can't stay on the cheer squad if you have a zero GPA. Like, um, come on. Come on, Glee. What the fuck? But then I'm not convinced will... they went to high school either. <laughs> I don't think they went to high school or college. They don't know anything. <laughs> they they write the scripts in crayon. Let's be real here. <laughs> They're just like spitballing. <laughs> I don't know. Throwing uh, darts at a board. But then it's, it's the end of this season is when she goes to the that harvard yeah, or mit or she something has, yes she gets this like interview with mit because her sat score is like perfect but they said she just like no drew she, random patterns her sat score isn't perfect it oh, is not. like it's all her sat score i believe is also a zero but like the fact that the numbers that she drew on the back of, or wrote on the back of her test uh prove oh, yeah, that like she created theorem. yeah it's like, what? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Oh my god! And, and then, then it's like, actually, she is a genius this whole time. And then, uh, sugar and uh, crap. What's his name? Dreadlocks. Uh, Joe. Uh, huh? Joe Hart. Joe, come and go, willy nilly. Yeah, they're there, and then uh, they're not. And then they got rid of the Irish kid. yes except he comes back for the christmas episode what why (laughs) damien mcginty must have been so pissed i mean like the the treatment of damien mcginty and joe hart is joe hart his real name that's his character's name i forget his real name what's it what's damien's character's name rory rory the treatment of joe and rory is abhorrent what's especially shitty is that damien's the one who won right the glee project they both tied they tied they tied but it just like they made a choice right so they were like okay joe hart gets to stay on through season five and he and he's in every single i mean season four and he's in every single episode but rory he comes to the christmas episode which i mean made sense um like it was because Artie was like his Christmas sponsor. So then he was going to be like Artie's Christmas guide or whatever. So like, that was cute, I guess. This is my favorite Christmas episode by far. But anyways, uh, I've just been so pissed. I'm like, you're going to write my character out and bring me back for this like 10 minutes of a Christmas episode. Meanwhile, Al- Alex well, Meanwhile, Newell. the person I tied with and Alex Newell. Yes. Like Al- Alex Newell, who was a runner up that first season, got a bigger part this season i guess because i guess that's because you know in season three his character was like 
beloved. Right. Um, a freaking showstopper. Just a scene stealer. I think that's really what it was. Just like, and, and then this. And Damien and, never really hit that. He was not a scene stealer. No. It's kind of the opposite but, of that. But then this season in Shooting Star, which we'll get to next episode. We're good. We're, yeah. Don't worry. We're here for two episodes, everyone. Ease our way in. Ease our way into that one. But like the way that they treat him, the how he catfishes writer, I'm just like, I know. My God, I have, that whole I have the same plot line. It's the same <laughs> issue I had in season one where Kurt was obsessed with Finn, and I'm like, mm-hmm. as you know, <laughs> I said this in season one. As a gay man, I've had crushes on straight yeah. men. I would never do this to them because I'm a person and understand etiquette granted i do believe there are people out there who may or who may do this but like hopefully they know it's also wrong yeah (laughs) but like that's that's the thing with with wade like he knows it's wrong and he did it because i've never understood and i think it's because the cat goes on for too long that I honestly lost like the thread of it like I was like what's happening with this and then by the time they finally revealed that it was like Wade unique who was the catfish I was just kind of like what like it really didn't make sense anymore to me side note uh is that Louise Louisa (laughs) this is Louisa Lulu hi I'm glad that your cat decided to be a co-host on this episode. She came up for extra emphasis. Yeah, she's like, I have opinions yeah. on Unique. I need to say something about this catfish storyline. Oh um, my god. Okay, so where do I want to go with this? I don't know where do I want. I think you know what? I think this is a good moment to mm-hmm. pause this conversation. Okay. Uh, we'll come back next episode talk some more about glee season four because there's a lot more to unpack maybe. yeah because i really Ooh. think like the way that they handled wade unique and like gender representation and stuff was like that's a whole conversation for sure yes yeah um so i'm just gonna plug my stuff real quick and then next episode i'll have you plug your stuff so if you want to if you want to get in touch with the podcast and tell us your thoughts on season four, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. And obviously next episode, we are going to finish our discussion on Glee season four. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.